This is part two on First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. And oh, how vastly important are the arguments that Paul gives for why a husband should be chaste and faithful to his own vessel, his wife. For this is the will of God, your sanctification and holiness, which he now applies to our sexuality, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to take his own vessel, and I argued that that means take his own wife in holiness and honor, not in the passion of desire, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress or wrong his brother in this matter of sexual faithfulness. Because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. So, Father, as we look at four or five reasons that Paul gives here for why men should have their own vessel, their own wife, so that we treat her in holiness and honor, grant that all the reasons that he gives here would take root in our lives and that we would walk in all holiness and walk in all honor, sanctification, as it relates to our sexuality. I ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So what are the reasons that Paul gives for why a husband should take his own wife and keep her for himself and her alone? without infringing on anyone else. Why such a premium on faithfulness to one's own wife? Argument number one, because if we don't, we will be out of step with holiness, that is, out of step with our harmony toward the infinite worth of God, and we will be out of step with honoring her and what accords with her worth. One of the reasons I say that is because here in 1 Peter, where we looked last time for the parallel, Peter says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. And then he gives two angles on how this honor will be expressed. She's the weaker vessel. So there's a special kind of care and protective honor since they are heirs with you. The wives are heirs with you of the grace of life. So this woman is to be honored as one who is inheriting with you the grace of eternal life. So this calls attention to her need for your special care and attention and protection. And this calls attention to her equality with you as one who will inherit with you the highest standing in the universe. You live with a queen. Therefore, honor her. And if you don't 
take your own vessel. That way, she will be dishonored. You will be acting dishonorably and falling short of God's holiness. Second reason, if you don't take her that way, you will be simply acting in the passions of desire. Now, there's nothing wrong with sexual desire. Indeed, sexual desire, that's very passionate. The Bible's really clear that a husband should delight in his own wife sexually. But what's opposed here is that when this desire is untethered from this holiness and this honor, it is going to wreak havoc in the world and in the church. And that's what he's warning against. So argument number two is, if you untether your desire and passion from honoring your wife and holiness towards God, God's infinite worth and your wife's worth, you are going to go haywire. And argument number three, you will become like Gentiles who do not know God. That's an amazing statement. If you give way to the passions of desires untethered from honor and holiness, you act like a person who doesn't have any knowledge of God. What does that mean? Here's Romans 1.28. Since they did not approve to have God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, and the context in the preceding is homosexuality and sexual sin because they didn't approve, they didn't want to have God in their knowledge. That is, they didn't want to bring their mind into conformity with the reality, the most important reality in the universe, namely God. Paul describes that mindset like this just a few verses earlier in Romans. Claiming be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory. Exchanged. They didn't want it. They wanted something else instead of the immortal God. Exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, like the one in the mirror. That's our favorite idol. And birds and animals and creeping things. So this is a description of we don't want God in our knowledge. Get him out. And that's what Paul says will happen if you give way to passions and desires. Or I suppose I should say it the other way around. If this happens, if you don't want God in your knowledge and you thrust him out as the centerpiece of what you know about reality, this is what you will be. And that will bring dishonor upon her and you. And the fourth reason, 
Have I got four? I've lost count. That no one transgress or wrong his brother in this matter. If you give way to untethered passions and desires and act like a person who doesn't have any knowledge of God, you will wind up wronging your brother. Because, think of it, this passion, if, if you marry just for this, untethered by this, then if this gets strong enough for a brother's wife, nothing will stop you. Because if this is all your control, there you go. I'm going to transgress my brother. I'm going to wrong my brother because his wife is turning me on. And being turned on is all I want. It doesn't have to be tethered to honor, tethered to holiness. So the fourth argument is it will wreck the church. It will wreck relationships. It will wreck other marriages. And the last argument is the Lord is an avenger in all these things. You don't want to encounter the wrath of God against untethered passions that reflect ignorance of God that bring down misery upon marriages by showing no holiness, no honor. The Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. Lots more to be said about that and what follows here, but let's stop there and take very seriously that we take our own wives in holiness and honor.